and just say we just hit 500 did you guys hear that we just hit 500 i wish i had one of those things that goes like bam 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 one of those sounds <laughs> maybe we'll make our brother do it in, in production later <laughs> yes yes i'm over here doing the cabbage patch y'all can't see me but i'm over here cabbage patching because all i'm saying i'm we are celebrating one because we truly believe in the inspiration and the hope that we have been providing our listeners it has been an amazing journey, and it's only been two months. I was yeah. talking to someone earlier today, and she was saying that the favor of God is truly all over us. And I, yeah. and I, I, I can't argue. I cannot argue because it is truly has been a testament of, one, being consistent, and two, of putting God first. I'm here to tell you guys, when you put God first, any and everything that you put your mind to, you can totally totally do. So let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Um, this, I, I actually want to uh, give honor to my husband and to his family. And I want yes. this episode, I want to dedicate it to the loving memory of his brother, uh, Jerry Lee Thomas, that had a, a quick and unfortunate death. It was very yes. sudden and it was something that really took our family by surprise. But I, I truly believe that uh, God, everything that happens in our life, I teach the students that I work with that the the symbol for crisis also means opportunity. Yes. So this is an opportunity for us to celebrate his life as much as it hurts, as much as there's so many unanswered questions. And with the coronavirus, we're unable to give him a proper burial and a proper funeral. But we know that his uh, pain is no longer here on earth and that he's able to, you know, be where people go when they when they leave this earth and go to the other realm. So we want to dedicate this episode to Jerry Lee Thomas. And this episode is actually going to be about grief. I think it's amazing how God works when we, we put ourselves out there and we, we're stretched to the limits and we say, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. It happens and it falls on our doorstep. And it's kind of uh, an opportunity for us to see who we are. I'm a firm believer that we don't know who we are in the good times, but we know who we are in times of crisis. 
So y'all already know how we do it at Tuesday with Tanika. We don't want to just be here running our mouth and talking. We want to give you something to stand on, something to take with you, something that you could tweet, that you can hashtag, that you can post on your story. And, and saying like, wow, I learned this from that episode or from that podcast. So today, our quote of the day, this is a beautiful, beautiful um, quote that I found about grief because I there's so many wonderful quotes, but I believe uh, what happens a lot of times with quotes is we like the pretty ones. We like the flowery ones, the ones that make us feel good. But I actually found this one, and, it be, and this was before my brother-in-law's passed. And it, it is true, it is true, it is true. So this quote is by Vicki Harrison, and it says, Grief is like the ocean. It comes on waves, ebbs and flows. Sometimes the water is calm, and sometimes the water is overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. <sighs> when I heard that, that just really touched me because... That is truly a testament of how grief is. It's not always pretty. It's not always easy. If I can add to this beautiful quote by Vicki Harrison, I would say, sometimes the water is choppy. Sometimes you feel like you're about to drown. But if you just learn to swim, and sometimes you just have to swim with the current, you can't fight the feelings, you can't fight the things that happen with grief. With grief. Sometimes it feels as if everything is going nice and calm and there's other times where you feel like you need a life jacket to hold on but here's the thing if you hold on trust me you're gonna get to the other side of grief and grief is, is like the pacific ocean it's a huge yes. body of water and you're you're swimming it forever i wish i could tell you those of you that are listening our listeners that are dealing with grief at this very moment that you're going to get it's a small stream and you're going to get to the other side but i would be lying to you and you know we don't lie on this podcast never that all the way 100 <laughs> grief is going to be a lifetime of you swimming of you some days it's going to be easy and you're going to feel like you're floating on your back but then there will be some days that you feel like you need a life jacket to contain sis what else you got to add to that just you know Everything has its balance. And grief is often the price of love. You know, when you when you love someone, when someone is important in your life and you lose them, oftentimes that person that you lose is the person that you would talk to about the thing that you are feeling. But the beauty of it all is that it's all love in different forms. And so I'm excited to explore this form of love and to really see and dive deep and see all the colors that it has to offer. Because oftentimes within our human nature, we want only the good things in life. But in our human nature, we do know if we're honest with ourselves that only the good things are not the only things that exist. So I'm really excited to get into it. Let's have this conversation. And I'm excited to see what comes out of it all. Yes, so am I. And with that, y'all, we have been over here at Tuesday with Tamika. We've been interviewing folks. Y yeah. Did y'all notice? I mean, did y'all notice <laughs> that we've been over here interviewing or whatever? Or uh, whatever. <laughs> and although this topic is rough and 
y'all already know I'm a big crybaby. And our very, very, very special guest that we are getting ready to announce and bring on. Yay, I'm so excited. I'm going to just say it. She's a crybaby, too. <laughs> She's a strong crybaby. But I, I know her. We know her. Yes. When I tell you near and dear to our hearts, um, growing up, I didn't. I, I sometimes thought she was a sister more than my beautiful, beautiful, amazing, talented cousin. Yay! Cousin. Hey, sis, hey, sis, you got a minute? 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 Come through one time for the coach. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are hype and I love it. <laughs> yes, so Tosh, before we just, so, so we can call her Tosh. Absolutely. But y'all, y'all better put some, put some respect on her name. <laughs> I ain't going to say it no more. Put some respect on her. <laughs> so we want you, Tosh, we want you to go ahead and just introduce yourself for those that may be listening that don't know all the wonderfulness that you are. And then we're going to go ahead and jump into this interview. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. First, I want to say thank you very much for having me. I think it is an amazing platform that you have to inspire people. And that is truly what we need right now. Just reasons to hang on. So I appreciate you for being available to do that. You and P. Uh, it's just, it's good, good that sisters can come together and do something like that. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, a little bit about myself. My name is Natasha and I am a grief coach. I, uh, grief is a passion of mine, which is strange to hear people say that. Um, but it is a passion. You will find me on a regular basis discussing grief in my home probably daily I'm talking about grief and um, my daughter calls me grief 3000 because that's all I <laughs> that's all I talk about it actually brings a smile to my face which may be the opposite for some people who are experiencing it but it brings me joy and peace to have an understanding of grief and the purpose of it because grief has a purpose and uh, so I believe that it is my passion and it's my mission to spread and to start the dialogue on the purpose of grief so that those who experience it, when it hits your front door, because I believe it will hit everyone's front door at one point in their life. So when it hits your front door and you open it up, you won't, um, let's see, if you look through, and I'm going to explain it this way, when you look through the peephole and you see what it is, you won't think it's a stranger. And a lot of times when it happens to us and it, and it sits, sits on our front door, sometimes we don't open the door because we're devastated. We think somebody coming to rob us is somebody coming to destroy us mm -hmm. because it came to our door. But the truth is it may come to each and every one of our doors. But there is a different approach that can be that can happen. But it can only happen if we start the dialogue and make people aware of the possibility of this. So that's what I believe I'm supposed to do. Wow. 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 Woo, this is going to be good. We about to, hey, y'all grab your water. <laughs> Go ahead and get, get comfortable. Time. Get comfortable because we about to dive into it. All right. Yes. 
So Tosh, like you already kind of answered this first question, mm -hmm. um, but I want you to just dive a little deeper. What initially inspired you to uh, get into grief work, to become a grief coach? What inspired you to do so? Um, I believe that my pain and my devastation inspired me. I, mm. I was at a period in my life very devastated, and I really felt hopeless and alone. And it was very mm. real to me. I never experienced it before. I am familiar with transition. I am familiar with um, hard times, but I was not familiar with devastation. And the experience of grief devastated me. And at the time, I just, I didn't know anyone who talked about it. I knew people who brought food to the house when it happened. I know people who, you know, help you pay for the service. But I don't know anybody, or I didn't at the time, anyone who could help me past the burial. And because of that, I just felt compelled and in my private prayer time that if God helped me make it, because sometimes I didn't think I was going to take the next breath because I actually wanted yeah. to stop breathing several times. And so I just asked God in my private time if he let me take the next breath. Every time he brought me closer to wherever he wanted me to be, that I would tell someone else. So that's what inspired me. Whew. Wow. That, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, on Tuesday with Tamika, we really pride ourselves on transparency. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I just want to honor you and thank you for being transparent. But we also pride ourselves on being pushers. Yeah. Like the salt and pepper. Ah, <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so I, I want to push you a little bit, and, and just as much as you're comfortable with um, your your story, your what inspired you is your own great yeah. story. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about who, what, when, and why, or how, as much as you would like? To sure. Um, I like to tell people that in uh, 2013 was my front door experience with grief. It began with my father and every about every two and a half months during 2013, I lost a loved one close to me. So it was my father first and then two and a half months later, it was my husband. And then two and a half months after that, it was my middle child's father. And then two and a half months after that, it was my uncle, and then two and a half months after that, it, it ended with my grandmother in 2013, and it was mm. a total of uh, eight eight people, but it just was back to back to back, and uh, and my cousin and my cousin in between uncle cousin and then grandmother, and yeah. it was just, I mean we didn't get a breath that year. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I didn't feel like I got a breath. Uh, it was uh, just mentioning this uh, quote that I and I'm y'all excuse mm -hmm. me because my eyes is yeah. <laughs> it's all right it's all right <laughs> but you know just mentioning this quote that I read at the top of the podcast mm -hmm. that year I, I I felt and I could only imagine because I shared three yeah. of those deaths with yes. you 
but you had additional mm-hmm. ones and I felt like I was drowning the entire yeah. year. Um, you know, the, the quote saying that, you know, grief is like an ocean. I, I did not feel as if I could mm-hmm. breathe. And, and so I, I, I thank you. I thank you for sharing that because I want the people to know that she's not just talking about something that she mm-hmm. read. She's talking about something that she yeah. lived and she, she has lived experience and she's standing. She's still yes. standing. And if you know her, she's smiling yeah. and she's living and she's loving. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I'm just, I'm so proud of you, Tosh. Like I truly am. And I, I admire you for your strength and for your courage. Because sometimes when these things come and we have our front door mm-hmm. experience, as you mentioned, that was such a beautiful analogy. We hide and we close the blinds. Everybody mm. knows when mom and daddy tell you, close the blinds, turn off the TV, and act like we my God. But you have embraced this process. Yeah. And I honor you and I admire you. You know, Mika, I just want to, oh, I'm sorry, Tamika. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, uh, Mika, when you said that, it just, that quote was very powerful. And I want to say for myself, Sometimes, because I know I do agree that grief is like being in the ocean. It's like the waves in the ocean. But in some instances, as you know, because your father was famous for this, in my case, I didn't know how to swim. And sometimes you will have moments (laughs) where you will be tossed in the water and you don't have a choice but to learn how to swim. And a lot of times that is how grief impacts us you will find yourself waking up in the ocean you don't know how you got there and for me i i didn't learn how to swim until my 30s and fear kept me from learning how to swim even after being tossed in it but once i learned there are moments because you can be in there so long where you get tired and you'll have to just simply tread in the water uh, But Mm. discussing grief will help us to understand that, that, you know, when you have those moments, treading is still swimming. You're still swimming. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So I kind of did a detour because I wanted, you know, the people to understand Mm -hmm. the experiences that you had with grief. But our second question, and then we're going to, he's going to take over the other question is, for you in that tremendous year that you had to navigate grief um, and you didn't get a break during that mm-hmm. period. And it's something that you said really caught my attention. You said it was after the burial, you know, what do you do? Yes. After? So what would you say was the hardest stage for you to go through in your grieving process? Um, I believe because we did a lot of work before, my late husband passed in blending our families and that happened in the latter years of our marriage and so I gained five children in that process that I loved and at the time of his passing I had two I had physical custody of two of the children in addition to Mm. my three so the hardest moment actually came after and I'm this is something that I haven't shared with anybody uh, before so I'm going to share this now because I think people need to understand that you know even though I smile I do believe that grief is a journey and you never know when that hardest moment will come 
Um, so for me, the hardest moment came recently. And my family members mm -hmm. have been deceased this year, marked seven years for all of them. Uh, but so the hardest moment was learning how to accept and let go of what was as far as my connection to his mm. family and uh it's something i'm still processing i i still cry because uh i love them very much i'm sorry i love them very much and um i don't know if they understand so everybody has to move on in their own different capacities but there are moments where I feel like, um, I wonder, do they know that my heart is still connected? And uh, so those are the hard things for me. And because I have moved on as far as relationship is concerned, and I do love, but I find that uh, the person that I love, he has children. And because mm -hmm. of that experience, it is a tug of war on the inside of do I make the choice to open up myself mm -hmm. again? Um, oh. So that's something that I, a lot of people, I don't think, you know, vocalize. But that to me is the hardest because he's gone physically, yeah. but they're still here. Yeah. So uh, processing that is a different Ooh. journey in itself. Wow. Well, I definitely would like to say yeah. how hearing you talk about this, I think it's just important to point out how how you the ability to choose what you do with your hardships. It's so wonderful yeah. that you choose to give back from this experience versus mm -hmm. letting it just destroy you. So kudos to you definitely for that and let that just speak to just your strength and just the beauty of it all that you can use something yeah. such as this to bless other people. Mm -hmm. But you, you Thank talk you. about during that time, how, you know, there wasn't, you know, s someone that you knew that you can talk to about this type of thing. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to know, was there anyone or any specific thing that was your support system during this time of grieving? Sure. Um, I did, in Michigan, because at that time I was in Detroit, so I didn't have any um, blood family in Michigan. So I was surrounded by, actually, uh, people that I just come to know. They really embraced mm -hmm. me, and uh, they were just there for me. They didn't put any pressure on me to do anything or to behave a certain way. So I like to think that that was like a, a comfort blanket for me for a brief time. Mm -hmm until I went back home. And then when I moved back to Cali, uh, just being around my biological family, my blood, they offered me an opportunity to just not be anything else. I asked them for that opportunity. Can you, you know, cause you know, when you have the ability or you're back around familiar people, mm -hmm. they want you to be the way you yeah. were. Yeah. right so it's yeah. like you guys know what you do they expect you to be who you mm -hmm. are um so i yeah. asked my family if they could just not ask me to do anything i 
I just need a moment. Don't ask me to do anything that you know I can do. Yeah. Just let me yeah. be. And they did. And they, you know, I could tell when I was ready to resume certain things. And so when that happened, I approached them. Mm -hmm. But other than that, um, just them letting me not do anything was help. That's beautiful. Wow. That's there, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. Flash, um, you know, in, in anything, there's so much that you're saying that's just like resonating with me, like so, so deeply. And I have a million thoughts running through yeah. my mind that I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to let this thing flow. <laughs> but one of the, the questions that it's kind of, you know, running through my mind and I would like to know, and I, I hate, I hate work, you know, people that know me know I don't get yeah. negative, so I don't call myself divorced. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> you know, and I, so even using the word uh -huh. state doesn't feel good to me, like, energetically, yeah. but I want to know, in, in our process, throughout our life, you know, every time that we go through any type of process, we do make quote-unquote mistakes. Mm -hmm. What would you say was a mistake or a, a, a lesson a learned or something that you did? That, yeah. A lesson learned. There we go. Hashtag lesson learned. Book. <laughs> hey, Tamika, Michelle, Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So what would you say is a lesson learned that you had to make during your grieving process? Um, a mistake that I made in the beginning, I believe, uh, at the time he passed, we were pastoring at the time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I listened to people around me to kind of, because I had a mixed crowd and, but I did listen to those who instructed me to continue in the vein that we started in. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. it, it, that didn't last long mm -hmm. for before I realized that that was a mistake. And I had a, a really true friend who just let me know, like, this ain't for you. Mm -hmm. It's okay to walk away. Um, but I tried. And I believe that I'm not called to pastor mm -hmm. personally. Um, mm -hmm. But I tried mm -hmm. because of our church background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I said, well, I did it with him. You know, maybe I can keep going. Maybe I can leave because God wouldn't have let me get in this position if he didn't want me to stay. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I tried and um, I got my feelings hurt very quick. Wow. Because when I tried, you know, it was like part of the people that were there with me, there were a few people that were honest to say, I don't think, you know, that you should do mm -hmm. it. And that hurt me yeah. because I was like, wait a minute, you ain't supposed to be saying that to me. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. um, so I believe my mistake was, is that I tried to do something that he called somebody else to do. Mm -hmm. And when, sometimes when you're in grief or if it hits you, I see a lot of people who spend a lot of time, which I talk about this, is uh, I call it a loyalty to death. It's a loyalty to death because wow. it makes you want to do things that that person did. Oh. Um, it makes you want to keep up with these appearances. I got to do this. I got to do that. Because I thought, oh, he would... Uh, 
like he would know that or think that I didn't love him if I did not respond this oh. way. Oh, you understand? Yeah. And a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's that's incorrect. That's incorrect. You don't have that person or the realization that they don't exist on earth to have those types of emotions is uh, what we miss. What we miss. So that was my mistake, continuing to do something that I wasn't intended to do. Wow. Oh, that's that's wonderful like just no, just knowing thyself and knowing like what you're capable capable of but bigger than that knowing mm-hmm. what you are called for and walking in that yeah. calling is so important mm-hmm. but as we talk about knowing what we need and want and who we are as a person we all know mm-hmm. girl we all know you got to do a little bull over there girl we're going to go ahead and uh, <laughs> talk about it so yeah. As, as we, you talked about how feeling like, you know, if I don't do this, they may feel like I didn't love them or that I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. loyal. So how did you know, or how did you reconcile your heart to know when you were ready to move on and take that new step to a new love? Okay. That's a great question. Well, you know, I... we do that here at to make Yes. Yes. That's a great question. <laughs> so, um, I, in the beginning, decided that or made the statement several times that I was not going to remarry. I wasn't going to date. I was going to go out like Coretta Scott King. (laughs) I mean, I was like, you understand, he was my Martin, Mm -hmm. so it was all good. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt at that time. I wish I know a lot of people who do feel like that Mm -hmm. when their heart is hurting. Yeah. Um, So I dialed into the, you know, other things getting busy. But as time progressed it was a few years and I started having dreams Mm. and in the dream the Lord allowed me to feel something in my stomach Mm. um, in this dream Mm. and I was trying to find my husband I'll tell you this dream real quick 30 seconds (laughs) I'm in a building trying to find him in a large commercial building which represented a church and he was in there and I was looking for him. I was supposed to go to the restroom. But I kept opening up the door. And every time I opened up a door, it was a different service. Mm. But not where he was. Mm. By the time I made it to him, it was service was over. He was the guest speaker. He had already preached. And he was frustrated because I missed it. Uh. Um, so I was there. And this feeling that I used to get when he was alive in my stomach where I knew that I made him angry or disappointed him. Mm-hmm. I had that feeling in my stomach, mm-hmm. and my stomach was aching physically mm-hmm. as I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. And when the Lord had me open my eyes, when I opened my eyes, He told me that feeling that I feel in my stomach that caused me a lot of pain times previously. He said to me, I won't ever feel that feeling again. And He needed me to know that that feeling was real. Mm-hmm. And He told me that I was free. Because he was going to take that pain from me. So uh, at that moment, I knew. Nobody had to tell me. I knew it was time for me to open up myself. And so I began dating. From that moment, somebody reached out to me. They don't even know. Mm -hmm. But they reached out to me that week. And that's how I started moving on. Wow. So I do believe that everybody... When, you know, when it's their time, yeah. when it's their time, 
I know that you'll you'll get a release the way that he is supposed to communicate with you mm. individually. Yeah. Wow. Man, just it, Amen, <laughs> Jesus. One time for the Lord. Yes. I mean, the way that he just communicates with us the way we need, you know, Tosh, I know you're a lot like me and we're yeah. busy bodies and we're always yeah. doing something. So sometimes God has to talk mm-hmm. to us in our sleep to kind of, because that's the only way we'll listen. And I, I'm just, I am beyond grateful. Like I'm grateful for having a relationship. I don't know. How me neither. Shoot. <laughs> Man, I mean, not to just mention Christ, life. just life, like navigating yeah. without God. So, Tosh, this this is so funny to me. You don't know how many people, before I reached mm-hmm. out to you, I had at least five people tag me saying that I needed to get you on my podcast, not even knowing that we like black cousins, black cousins, black cousins. My daddy and my yeah. Daddy, yeah. brothers and sisters. They yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so many people reached out to me like, oh my God, you have to get the pastor on. That's hilarious. On. And I just kind of like smiled and get, you know, <laughs> get the little laughing. Right. Like, y'all don't even know. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> it's nothing. Nothing to it. Nothing but one of the one of the reasons why I, I wanted to have you on the show is because I did have a lot of people that mm-hmm. are listeners that are widows, are yeah. widowers, and um, they felt like the content um, they wanted something to talk yes. to them. And one of the questions the questions that I got a couple of times was, "How do you move forward?" Um, when dealing with, and this is going to be interesting because your situation mm-hmm. is unique, having the bonus babies, but also having mm-hmm. the family, your your um, ex, your husband's family, your passed mm-hmm. away husband's family, um, and even your family. How do you move on? And I think you kind of already mm-hmm. explained it, but with uh, with family and, and and dealing with what they got to mm-hmm. say, your friends or mutual, you know, mutual friends and, and church folks and all those people that may feel like you're not ready how do you move on uh, or how would a person move on this is more of you kind of giving it yeah. to a person to move on after the death yeah of i would say to do it very carefully i know that sounds <laughs> very general but very carefully i did take time to um figure out what it is I was feeling on the inside. Mm -hmm. I think that's of utmost importance is to make or to become resolved within yourself first before you uh, move forward. Because I believe that if you do that, then your moving forward process can be actually more peaceable with yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, because I do understand I don't need their approval to do it, Mm. but I can only have that confidence once I become resolved. Yeah. Um, So before then, that was my concern, how would they feel or what have you. But I didn't consult with anybody once I had that resolve within myself that I did everything that I could Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and that God gave me that peace that I needed. So take your time. And I do like to describe it like this with glasses. Um, Whatever you were seeing when you were married 
is through one set of prescription glasses. Mm -hmm. This is how I like to describe it. And because everybody wants to know, well, how can you look at people differently? How can you find this person attractive that you used to see all the time when you were married? Yeah. But the thing is, I was looking mm -hmm. at them through or the, these people with one set of prescription lenses. Mm -hmm. And this prescription mm -hmm. was a married prescription. Mm -hmm. So I was focused mm -hmm. on that person. But when that marriage dissolved, then I have a new set of prescriptions. Yeah. And when you have a new yeah. set of lenses, like my boyfriend, he recently got new frames and he'd been rocking the old ones for some years. And when he put those new frames yeah. on, he started driving slowly past a building that is near us that we pass every day. Mm -hmm. But I was like, why are you driving mm -hmm. slow? And he said, oh, because I could read that sign. <laughs> see, it's a, yeah. you understand? Yeah. You could see it every day. Yeah. But it's a new set of lenses yeah. that you get. It's a new prescription. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a new prescription that you get when you're now single again. Yeah. And so he knows when you're ready for that new prescription. Um, and he will do that. Yeah. So the thing is to, when you feel that, now I'm going to tell you something that is a little deep. So put your babies away because this is a little important to drop for widows. Um, when I talk to widows, I express to them, because when you're married, you are used to having a physical connection with a person. Mm -hmm. So the process is different than when you get divorced, mm -hmm. because, you know, you may have somebody else you could go sleep with, mm -hmm. or you may still tip with your ex-spouse for a little bit while y'all figuring it out. Mm -hmm. um, but when you are single because of death. There is nobody to return back to to meet your physical needs yeah. of intimacy. Wow. Wow. So there are periods that you do go through where it's like a withdrawal process. Mm. And so mm. it that is very difficult. And a lot of people don't know this. So I have had moments where early, you know, on where I would be in the shower and just start shaking. Mm hmm my body my mm -hmm. body would go through like withdrawal process yeah. and it, I would cry yeah. I, yeah. I'm like I don't know what this is but it's a whole process that you need to go through and uh, that's why I did talk to widows about this because people don't know that that's what happens to you physically wow. because this is taken you don't yeah. have a choice it's taken from you cold turkey wow they don't have nothing to fall back on. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, yeah. you have to make sure you resolve with that. It's just like that withdrawal process. You got to take your time. And then the, the more you become resolved, the less you have those withdrawals. Your body will let you know and your mind and spirit will let you know. All right, it's time. You're ready. Yeah. You're ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oof. That was just, because I never even thought about something, you know, I never even, it just makes me want to like hug and kiss right. my fiance even tighter because it's like, I'm I want to get all this loving that I can. <laughs> like, cause just, yes. just, just imagining not being yeah. able to kiss him, hold him, mm -hmm. you know, whew, that just, ooh, okay. I'm not the choir yeah. in the uh, podcast. So we just don't move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I would just, you know me. You know me, cousin. You know I've been yeah. weird since birth. 
<laughs> and just shining my little freak flag everywhere I go, even though yes. we ain't gonna talk about it. But even though Auntie would would lock me in the cold room sometimes, we ain't gonna talk right. about it. Right? <laughs> I know I was trying too much. I know I was trying too much. <laughs> but what is what is one fact that we may not know about you that you would like to share? Hmm. Okay, that yeah, that is one that I'm stumped. Okay, one fact that you would like to know about me is, okay, that I have a very vivid imagination and I give my closest friends a very, um, <laughs> this is crazy, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, <laughs> I give them very uh, provocative and suggestive, I'm trying to walk like <laughs> Uh, provocative and suggestive things to do in relationships. I do this on almost a daily basis, and I'm actually considering writing romantic novels. <laughs> well, let me listen. No, yeah, come yeah. because <laughs> I, I we don't have to sit yes, down and talk about it. Yeah, I do. Episode. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do. Listen, that's. That's a whole, we actually have an episode that we're going to be airing. So we're gonna be <laughs> and, and that one, when we ain't, when we're not talking about grief, and you can give us some. Cause yes. 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 I need some tips and tricks up in here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This has been, like, such an amazing episode. And. I really, once again, just want to thank you for your candidness, for your transparency, and just really giving us the raw, like, as you were talking, like he was saying about the sexual mm -hmm. abuse, like that, man, I I've never even yeah. considered that. And so uh, with that, you know, the, the listen, we know that um, on Tuesday with Tamika, one of the things that we do have is we have listeners write in and they ask mm -hmm. us questions. And instead of us doing a traditional Tuesday with Tamika listener letter, I want to—I don't want to overload mm -hmm. the audience um, with too much. So I, we're going to leave back that because um, you yes, pretty much yes. answered a lot about mm -hmm. being a widow, and, and, and so we're going to go ahead and skip that segment for this week. But we want to jump into—it's us, the community. Yes, girl. All right. And guess who we shot now, girl? That's what we shout out because I heard that a cousin of mine, she tight, you know what I'm talking about? She, she's launching this thing, talk about bring your own happiness. I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay! Yay! So go ahead and talk yeah. about it. Tell us about it, cousin. Oh, okay. That's so awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, This is a podcast with me and my new boo. Woo! Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, um, I love him so much. He is a. Uh, uh, let me tell y'all, widows, grievers, it there is hope. There is hope. Amen. Uh, Amen. So this podcast is called "Bring Your Own Happiness," and uh, we talk about it because we do things and have decided to do things a little bit differently for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So he was divorced. I was a widow, but both of us were in some relationships at the time we got involved that uh you know was long time but going nowhere yeah. so we got out of that but once we started talking we decided like just for us personally mm -hmm. that we were gonna take it like 
extra slow. Mm -hmm. So this is actually why we're still on the dating stage yeah. and we've been together for like three years. Yeah. Um, so as we were talking, wow. we always try to like, you know, things would happen and he would be like, you know, I'm, I'm not responsible for your happiness. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for mine. Mm -hmm. So we we discuss that on a regular basis, mm -hmm. that we try to get to know each other and that we just try not to hang on to one another and make you, you know, the, responsible for every yeah. up, every low and all this stuff. So uh, we just want to spend time discussing that from a male-female perspective because that's important when you enter regular business relationships mm -hmm. or friendships because sometimes we hold our friends and everybody we come in contact with responsible for us in yeah. so many ways. Yeah. But it's like, no, take responsibility for yourself first, you know, and yeah. um, if we come into it and this is why I always say I like the discovery zone. I like the fact that I am, uh, well, I'm not single no more technically, but I, I try to figure out what do I like? Yeah. What don't I like? You know, all of that yeah. before I enter into this or make a decision to enter. So that way I make a, a good choice yeah. instead of just keep choosing the wrong. So that's why we're doing this just to open up ourselves and, and, you know, show everybody not how to be perfect, but how we are discovering our own happiness every day. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's, That's amazing. So awesome. That's going to be awesome. I wait. So, when does, I can tell people. You know, a little, a little like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I feel you. You got to have libation. It's 7 o'clock. Yes. I know that's right. It's happy hour somewhere. <laughs> right here. Mm -hmm. somewhere. Right here, better than Because when does when does your um when does your podcast drop? Because because we want to make sure that we give the listeners all the information so they can um, be able to yeah. be one of the first. Like we as, like I said here at the top of the hour, we truly believe in lifting as yeah. we climb. So let them know when the podcast drops. If you guys don't have a drop date yet, tell everyone where they sure. can find you so that way we can be ready. Absolutely. Um, I think that's awesome. Lifting as you climb. Yes. That is phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Uh, I, I could just hear Uncle Mike all over that. Um, <laughs> that's such a Kwanzaa quote. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the podcast drops on May the 2nd. Wow. And, uh, you know, we just, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot from you, Mika. Um, so I kind of just got quiet and invested in myself. I've never invested yeah. in me before. Mm -hmm. That's what I realized at the top of the year. So I just started quietly mm -hmm. investing in me. Wow. So, because uh, now I believe, I believe in myself. So, um, yes. May the 2nd, we're dropping on all digital platforms, and uh, you can find us on IG under B-Y-O-H, which doesn't stand for Bring Your Own Hot Sauce, <laughs> <laughs> with Will and Tosh, and you'll get to know my dude. Yeah. He's a pretty phenomenal guy, and for those who are searching, you know, who are widows, that's something to even look at, because... Uh, that'll encourage you within itself, whatever you had, even if, if it was phenomenal and, you know, you've irreplaceable. I want to let you know that uh, there is actually a 
wonderful love on the other side, a wonderful joy on the other side of grief. It's available to all of us. Oh, that's amazing. So this will help us understand that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for being a trailblazer for our family and, you know, setting, setting the bar high and it gives us something. It doesn't matter our age. If we're smart, we'll see the example and follow suit. So thank you for everything you're doing. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Well, man, this has been another great episode. You know, I just I hope you guys picked up all of that those were some beautiful gems and just great pictures and great things to think about when you talk about grief so thank you so much tosh for coming on let's just remember that grief is really a product of love and when you lose someone just to just remember that that love though it changes it doesn't have to die and it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just appreciate you guys. And you know, I'm just, you know, love, peace and hair grease over here. <laughs> so love. And I just appreciate you guys love those as they are there with you because yes. we never know what time and what life has in store for us. So thank you guys for joining us once yes, again. Yes, Tosh, one thing yes. that you the listening audience to take away. Is that there is hope. And I always say that grief is a journey, my friend, and you are going somewhere. Oh, yeah. Like every Tuesday with Tamika, we love y'all. We miss y'all. Bye-bye.